And hello again, dear ones, Reverend Robert with you here on a Friday night. It's five o'clock on the Mountain Time Zone. And that does mean it is time for the good news. Our weekly look at, thank you for the reminder. It is our weekly look at the good news stories that made a way across my desk during the week. And uh, I trust you're going to inspire you to share more of the good news out in the world throughout your weekend. Welcome to the program. First up tonight, a big, huge thank you to our producer, Brother Diego, for being a part of what we do here each and every week and making sure this program happens as smoothly as possible. Uh, all errors and uh, miscues are on my fault. And uh, he's doing the job properly. Thank you, Brother Diego, for being with us. Hey, and we're going to say... Goodbye to 2022. Hello, 2023. In quick recap of the past and the future of the good news. The past is that we've been doing this now as a video broadcast for over a year. And uh, we have lots of episodes in the past broadcast from when this was a podcast only so we're available on all your favorite podcast platforms, and you can go way back and listen to the old stories before we started doing the video aspect uh, and enjoy all of the current video blogs as well. Please check us out, ntmedia.org or over on YouTube, newthoughtmedianetwork.org as well. Hey, folks, you know, 2022 had a lot of great stories, and we covered a lot of great stories. We missed a few, though. And so tonight we're going to do kind of a mismatch, a mix match of newer stories, things that are emerging right now, but also a little bit of reflection on some of the stories we might have missed over the past year and still are making like those top 10 lists. And uh, so first off tonight, let's talk about a new story Scientists have developed a vaccine that could cure and perhaps even prevent cancer, brain cancer specifically. This all happened going down in Boston. A potentially revolutionary treatment for deadly brain cancer is showing promising early signs in mice, both for the eradication and prevention of tumors and individual cancer cells. Now, this is some pretty high-tech type of stuff and uh brother diego is going to pull up another image here we're going to share with you a little bit more this is uh what the whole system looks like so what we're doing is uh dr kate uh Lin shah says our team has pursued a simple idea to take cancer cells and transform them into cancer killers and vaccines we're using gene engineering. We are repurposing cancer cells to develop a, thera a therapeutic that kills tumor cells and stimulates the immune system to both destroy primary tumors and prevent cancer. This is a lot of stuff going on. And But if you look at it on that chart there, it spells out we start with therapy-sensitive tumor cells. So these are cancerous cells in the upper left. And they follow a system to turn them into cancer killers. Pretty cool stuff, if you ask me. We're going to stay with this story and continue to follow it in the months and years to come because this just seems pretty wild. We're taking the cancer cells, putting them through a gene crisper, 
and changing them genetically and then using those same cells to fight future cancer cells. <laughs> wow. Talk about some science fiction. There we are. And our whole first segment tonight is pretty science fiction-y for you folks. Here's another really cool story coming out of the medical world. A cellular glue is creating a breakthrough in regenerative me regenerative medicine. This is coming out of the University of California, San Francisco. That's uh, Professor PhD Wendell Lim. He's been doing the research. And they're creating a molecule, they engineered molecules that act like a cellular glue. Bonding of tissues, perhaps even the creation of organs. This opens the door to building novel structures like tissues and organs, says Professor Lim. Cellular bonding creates the characteristics of the structure they create. Tighter bonds form complex solid organs like the liver or lungs, while looser bonds permit structures like immune molecules to do their disease-fighting work with flexibility. It's all very exciting that we now understand much more about how evolution may have started building bodies, says Lim. And he continued by sharing, our work reveals a flexible molecular adhesive code that determines which cells will interact and in what way. Now that we're starting to understand it, we can harness this code to direct how cells assemble into tissues and organs. These tools could be really transformative. I think that's the understatement of the decade. We're learning how to create tissue and organ. Pretty cool stuff. If you ask me, I'm pretty happy about all of that. All right. The question remains, are we receive, Are we having technical difficulties or are you all follow, able to follow along uh, with what I'm doing? It seems like we're back now. Okay. Hey, next up, great story. Uh, an Italian motor company is creating a new supercar. Now, the thing about this supercar is that it is possible. It's a 12-cylinder engine, by the way. Uh, it's possible to run on recycled plastics. Now, doesn't mean we can just go throw in our plastic bags and our single-use plastic forks and spoons into this. Uh, it's it, it's a high-performance vehicle, but it's all being powered uh, by a company that's creating a fuel out of recycled plastics. And this fuel is being used in many different places, not just this Italian hypercar. Uh, the, the company's called Select Fuel, and they said in a statement, we recognize that plastic waste is a major environmental problem. We've committed to developing technologies that convert polycarbonate materials into renewable and sustainable fuels. Our fuels are used in everything from the transportation industry and renewable aviation fuel to motorsport and high-end sports cars like the Bertone GB110. That's the car we're looking at there. Uh, so it's really about the fuel, folks. Uh, their CEO also said plastic waste needs to be treated as a valuable resource. Through our companies like Fuel, we take what we want as waste and convert it back into its original 
form and then convert that into high-end fuel. If you're interested in one of the cars, uh, look that up online. Uh, they say that they're priced as a comparable work of art. Not to compare them to cars, but to a comparable work of art. <laughs> yes, Wayne, we are driving innovation here at New Thought Media Network. And you know, folks, we do that in partnership with other organizations. We get most of our stories over at the goodnewsnetwork.org. We encourage you to give them the, the love and attention they so deserve. Uh, they share, they, they do a great job of cultivating these stories and then we share them with you. Next up, let's go to Kenya. Kenya's, there's a really unique idea happening here. Now, a lot of us have talked about, and you hear a lot about uh, sequestering or capturing carbon captures, carbon sequestering. We cover this topic on this program quite a bit. Well, here's a new startup in Kenya. They're named Sela Mineral Storage. And the idea is that they're injecting CO2 into volcanic rock. Now, volcanic rock is, is a basalt. It's always uh, from basalt and uh, lots of space. I don't know if you've ever played with volcanic rock, but it's generally pretty light because there's so much space in it. And the whole idea is that they're going down 1,300 feet underground and injecting the carbon into these volcanic deposits. Pretty wild stuff. Uh, the company is partnered with other carbon capture companies that we've been talking about here on this network and on this program specifically. Uh, we've reported on other large carbon capture plants that are happening, uh, and this is now in partnership with those companies. We've reported on the, ice, the plant in Iceland uh, as well. Sela is working there as well. Good news happening. If we can't stop global warming and climate change, well, then we've got to do something to sequester that carbon, and that's what's happening. Hey, folks, we're going to take a quick break, let you say hello, and learn a little bit more about what we're doing here on the network and our sponsors. Allow me to get a quick sip of water, but we're going to come right back with more of the good news in just a minute. Don't go anywhere. Hit the like button. Hit the share and subscribe button. Let your friends know what we're doing here. We'll be right back with more good news on the New Thought Media Network. Thank you, Center for Spiritual Living Denver, for your continued support. Thank you, Center for Spiritual Living Midtown Atlanta, for your monthly contribution. Thank you, Center for Spiritual Living North Jersey, for your monthly contribution. And please help us welcome Ohm Center for Spiritual Living in La Mesa, California. Thank you for your monthly donation. Thank you, Center for Spiritual Living Seattle, for your most generous donation. And a special thanks to Hefferlin Foundation for your generous technology grant. And Suze Ajit, thank you for your very generous donation. And a super special thank you to Dr. Tracy Brown, RSCP. Thanks for being a super donor. And a big shout out to all our committed donors. 
we're back with more of the good news here on the New Thought Media Network. Thank you for being with us here on a Friday evening. Folks, we're sharing those stories that remind us we really are creating a world that works better for everyone. Please be sure to check out the archives, ntmedia.org, for replays of previous programs. All right, next story. If you live in Cornwall, UK, you can recycle your Christmas tree by feeding it to the llamas. <laughs> exactly. Mary Harvey runs a non-profit uh, nicknamed Chat, Chiloan Alpacas Tregasa Whip. I messed that up. Excuse me, Mary. Uh, the point is, Mary put out a post about how much her alpacas and, uh, and llamas like to eat Christmas trees. Now, normally they eat hedgerows and other types of green, uh, but in the wintertime, it's not as easy to get. And all these great Christmas trees, pine, spruce, some made of fir, are a fabulous source of vitamin C and antioxidants for the llamas and the alpacas. Uh, there's a great little video here. You can see some of them chewing away. Head on over to New Thought, or the Good News Network.org. You can catch that video and check out that story there. What a novel way to recycle trees. You know, I drove by the local center at the local collection point here in my town, and there was a pile of trees the other day, must have been eight, 10 feet tall and about 40 feet long. And all these trees, all these Christmas, and well, here's a great way to do something with them rather than just throw them in the landfills. Let's feed the alpacas. Good news stories. Hey, here's another good news story that I think is really important. Uh, the U.S. is about to pass a law that ensures just and reasonable rates for prison phone and video calls. For far too long, telecom companies have had a monopoly on inmate phone calls, uh, sometimes making calls as expensive as $3 a call. And uh, these aren't exactly the type of people that have the most resources to be making $3 phone calls, especially considering more often than not, all they're doing is trying to stay in touch with family and or their lawyer and determine their fate. Well, uh, the Martha Wright Reed Act is currently, now here's the good news, it was passed by the House and the Senate in the previous session, so we don't have to worry about that. Uh, it's headed to President Biden's desk. He is expected to sign this legislation. Uh, it will include both video and phone calls. It will put the D.C. in charge of regulating uh, what they say is, quote, uh, a terrible problem that we've been limited uh, that we've been limited in enforcing to the extent that we can address rates for calls made within the state's borders. So the FCC hasn't been able to say to do anything about this because it's a state's rights thing. Uh, now the Martha Wright Reed Act is going to make that federal legislation. Good job. This is good news. Guilty or not, the people in our that are incarcerated deserve the human right of communication with their defense, with their lawyers, and their loved ones. I like that this is happening. Good news, folks. Hey, let's head over to the UK where I found another really inspiring story. And this one might twist your brain a little bit. Local businesses provide blind women with path to re-enter bicycle culture. Yes, exactly. This is all happening over in the UK. Jeanette Stevens 
uh, was an avid cyclist before she lost her eyesight uh, at the age of 34. Now, years later, she began cycling with the help of a tandem non uh, uh, volunteer service. It's a non, they help, uh, blind folks with, uh, riding tandem bikes and the charity loaned her a tandem bike for a year after teaching her how to ride and helping her to find someone to ride it with her. Uh, the is, uh, now, unfortunately what happened is they can only loan the bike for a year. And so eventually the charity had to take back the bike, but they were able to find her a different one. And so Newark Cycles bought another tandem bike for about 50 pounds, uh, British, and then uh, teamed up with a local bike shop and their friend and got the bike up and running, got everything working, and were able to put new tires on the bike, new chain rings, uh, handlebars, brakes, cables for the gearing, everything presented her with the bicycle and there was a picture there that our producer Diego was sharing of her receiving her new bike. Uh, I love this idea, folks. I think this is something we could be repeating in any community and any city here in, in North America. Uh, let's, let's get some tandem bikes for the blind. I love it. More people on, more people on the bike paths means more people on bikes. And that's a good thing for our world and I believe our culture. All right. Hey, we're going to take another quick break. Uh, let our sponsors say one more quick hello, but we do have a whole nother series of stories coming your way in just a minute. I'm Robert Brzezinski. Rev. Robert will be back again here in just a minute. Stay tuned. More coming soon on New Thought Today. New Thought Media Network. <laughs> change when you change the way you look at things the things you look at change when you change the way you look at things the things you look at change when you change the way you look at things the things you look at change when you change the way you look at things the things you look at change Thought Media Network is on the rise. We're looking to grow with you. Do you have technical media experience or perhaps a desire to learn? Are you willing to volunteer your precious time and attention? We share this message to benefit all. If you possess a computer with a camera and a microphone, we will share our knowledge with you. Behind the scenes or being the star, let us bless our one. Contact us at info at ntmedia.org. And we're back with more of the good news here on a Friday night. I'm Rev. Robert. It's New Thought Media Network. Thank you for being with us. Our final segment, we generally look at the good news around people and the things that people are doing. This story is one of the ones we missed this year, however. 
I want to introduce you to Adrian Rodriguez. Adrian was 17 earlier this summer. This story was reported back in July, and he found a purse. Found it in a Ralph's parking lot in Chula Vista, California. Instead of taking it inside or bringing it home, he decided to deliver it to the address on the life, on the information inside the purse. Now, there was only $20, and there was a whole bunch of credit cards. And again, Adrian did the right thing and delivered the, car, the bag to the house. Uh, now, nobody was home when he did it. The bag's owner, Ilana Martin, uh, eventually saw Adrian's image on, a, on her ring doorbell camera and realized that he he's a young man and he did the right thing didn't he ask for anything just left the just left the bag on the door when interviewed by NBC News Adrian said my mama always told me since I was little to always do the right thing when nobody's around I didn't expect nothing back honestly if someone found my stuff I'd want them to bring it back to me said the youth well, Melina, the bags recipient, uh, decided to start a GoFundMe campaign. At the time of the reporting, over 750 donors had raised over $17,000 for the young man. <laughs> the GoFundMe is currently closed. You can't go do anything with it now. Kudos, Adrian. If you haven't heard in a little while, congratulations, sir. Great, great story. All right, next up, this is what it looks like when you get caught in a downpour unexpectedly in Washington, D.C. What you're seeing here are a couple of folks, as well as uh, there is a woman in the wheelchair underneath that newspaper. This second photo is what it looks, yes, exactly, underneath that that. Uh, that wheelchair there. The second photo is what you see when a man jumps out of his car and decides to give him an umbrella just because. Nobody really knows who the man is. Nobody really knows who the people on the side of the road are. This is all reported back in April of this year. The social media posts that we were able to find uh, created an outpouring of other folks sharing that this being on both sides of this story in similar situations, being caught in the rain and being able to donate an umbrella. Kudos, sir. We missed this story when it went around the first time here at the beginning of the new year. Thank you. <laughs> under my umbrella, wait, exactly. And folks, that's how easy it is to do a good deed when you see someone in need. Remember that this year. Do a good deed when you see someone in need. And sometimes you do more than just a good deed. Let me introduce you to Mer Gary McKee. Now, Gary is a very interesting man. He ran a marathon every day last year. Again. Every day, 365 marathons back to back. He got up every morning, ran his 26.2 miles, and then went to work. Overall, he went through 20 pairs of running shoes. Uh, and then every day he went to work at the Sellafield nuclear site. His intent was to raise a million pounds 
UK and donate and make those donations to the Macmillan Cancer Support and West Cumbria Hospice for, for home. He said it's not the distance, it's because it's the last one on New Year's Day, New Year's Eve. It'll be a special day. Cancer affects everybody, so it's just a West Cumbrian thing. It's a national thing. Well, people did get behind him, and the total and the, the donations did raise over a million pounds. Congratulations, Gary. Now, he has uh, stopped this, this, this streak. Uh, he ran his uh, 26.2. And, you know, if you do the quick math, that's over 95,000 9, miles. Almost 9,500 miles in a year. Whew! My brain, my knees couldn't, can't even handle imagining that. Hey, a couple more good news stories before we go tonight. Let me introduce you to Moose and Kelly and Louise, and Louise Nicola. Moose dropped his beloved dog Moose off at a house sitter's in Maryland before he headed off to California with his wife Kelly for Christmas. Well, on the 23rd, Moose got loose. And got out and spent six days. The pet sitter was beside herself. When Lewis and his wife remained, got home, they were beside themselves. A Facebook group was set up to help locate Moose. And then on the 29th, that's exactly what happened. Someone spotted Moose wandering onto a frozen creek. Lewis raced out and found Moose out in the middle of the creek. Now, here's the good news. Nicola is a U.S. Navy Academy water polo coach. Means he's a very powerful swimmer. He was able to jump into that frozen lake, into that frozen stream, break through the ice, swam out to his dog, and rescued her. Wow. Everyone's home in Annapolis. Everybody's safe and furry and warm. Kudos, sir. Kudos not only for saving your own dog, but for you, but for being an example and a modern example for so many. And hey, our final story of being a good Samaritan and a model example, Brittany Versici, I hope I'm saying that correctly, Brittany, was wrapped up in the whole holiday travel nightmare with Southwest. Brittany was at the Tampa International Airport, and she was looking for her own bags. She wasn't able to find her bags, but she kept finding other people's bags with their phone number and started sending them a quick picture and a quick text saying, your bag is here. Others got a hold of the idea and were doing the same thing. People at LaGuardia Airport sending pictures of and texts saying, I found your bag. Here's where it's at. It's a great story. You can check out more over at one of our other favorite sources, sunnyskies.com. They have this story. You can learn more about Brittany's good work and other Good Samaritans work in reuniting people with their bags after this holiday travel season. Hey, I'm Rev. Robert. I'm going to get out of here for now. Thanks for being with us, folks. Stay tuned here on the New Thought Media Network. Coming up at the top of the hour, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern, is the Fireside Chat 
with Reverend Pastor Michael Mangus. He's going to take a deeper dive into some of the stories of the week, as well as come back for prayer time at 8.15 p.m. this evening. We'll wrap up our broadcast day with our traditional prayer experience. I'm Rev. Robert. On behalf of myself, everyone here at the New Thought Media Network, and again, another big shout out to our producer, Diego. We want to say thank you for being with us. Until next time, we wish you peace and richest blessings. Bye now.